Well, we're going to begin our worship this morning by singing to God's praise. We're going to sing from Psalm 40. Our service has a slightly different order to it this morning, the same as we had for the Summer Holiday Club service, where there's singings and readings interspersed throughout the, the service. And we're going to begin by singing the words of Psalm 40, verse 1 to, in a double verse 5. I waited for the Lord my God, and patiently did bear. At length to me he did incline my voice and cry to hear. We'll sing from verse 1 down to the end of double verse 5 to God's praise. I
Let's come to God in prayer. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as we come together this day to lift up our hearts and praise to you and to come and worship and adore our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you, Lord, that we are blessed and we can say that your name is praised in our midst here. For you are God and there is no other. And we know, Lord, that we are an impatient people in so many ways. Our patience is so often, Lord, on a, on a short string at times, as we would say. But we thank you, Lord, that you teach us to wait patiently upon you. And we pray, Lord, that you will give us that patience. Give us that patience even as we worship you this day to have ears to hear to be able to still ourselves in your presence and to know, Lord, that you are with us, that you are in the midst to bless. We do thank you for your word and how it encourages us. It is a word of life. It is a word that reminds us of uh, the, the, what the psalmist has been saying as we've sung. O Lord, my God, full many are the wonders thou hast done. They are more than can be numbered. And so no matter what we have this day, no matter even what we may receive this day, as we receive maybe many things from many different people, help us to always remember that our greatest gift is already given, for you have given your own Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And freely, Lord, we can take. And we pray that you will help us to taste and see anew of the goodness of God through Jesus Christ. May you bless us together as families and friends as we gather together here today. May your blessing be over us as a people. Every home and family we represent, Lord, we pray that you will pour down your spirit upon us, gathered here and also those who will tune in online as well. We thank you, Lord, for one another. We thank you for the gift of prayer. And even at such a time as this, Lord, when there is so much joy around us and so many lives and people. We know too, Lord, the many sadness, much sadness in people's hearts and the many sorrows that there are around us as well. How even in this past week in our own congregation, we have lost many loved ones and many families have been touched by grief. We pray, Lord, your comfort, your blessing and your peace upon them. We pray for us all, Lord, as we reflect back over this year and even maybe many years. We thank you that the promise is that you will be with us. And may we know that promise more and more real, day by day and moment by moment. Bless your people far and wide today as many gather to worship you. We pray, Lord, that you will be with each one of your people, that they will know you, Lord, in whatever goes on in their hearts. And whatever is happening in their lives, far and wide, that they will know that you are with them. And that they would know, Lord, truly that you are God. And with you on our side, there is no one who can defeat us. So we pray that you will build your church up, that your kingdom will come in power. And teach us always to pray and to look to you and to wait upon you for all things. So Lord, continue with us now. Guide us and keep us. And pardon us in all our sins as we ask all things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 
Well, as we come to worship God today, is there any better place we could be than to gather around God's Word together, to share singing praises together to Him and to come and hear what His Word has to say to us. It's Christmas Day, and so when we think about the theme of our service today, I'm sure everybody will have something in mind as to what the service is going to be about. Maybe certain things come to mind today, especially about among the young folks, if you're thinking, I wonder what the minister will be preaching on today. It's Christmas Day, so there's bound to be some mention of things like presents being given. The birth of Jesus, that's got to be mentioned in there somewhere, doesn't it? There'll be all the obvious answers. But when we think about coming together today and to think about the birth of Jesus, it makes us think about lots of different things. And we're going to read a few different passages where we're going to read about not just the birth of Jesus, but the life of Jesus. We think of maybe characters in the Bible, characters you've heard maybe mentioned in these last few weeks if you've been doing things in school about the Christmas story. You'll be thinking about Mary and Joseph. You'll be thinking about the place where Jesus was born. He was born in Bethlehem. You'll be thinking about the shepherds who were out watching their sheep by night and how the angels appeared to them, or maybe the wise men who came bearing gifts. There's all kinds of things we can think about when it comes to thinking about the Christmas story. But do we miss the point sometimes? That's the key question. Do we think of God's promise to his people? A promise given through the likes of Isaiah, in the Old Testament, who spoke of the child who would be born into this world and the purpose for which he would come. The promise of God sending a Savior and to see Jesus born into this world is the fulfillment of that promise. To do so, we must think about his birth, how he came into this world. But we have to think about more than that too, we have to think about his life, how he lived, and what he did for us in his life here on earth. It's more than just about the birth of Jesus. And that's what we're going to see today as we go through a number of different readings together. You receive many different gifts at this time of year, I'm sure. I'm sure you're all up excited this morning to see what you got. But some people, very often, they give pets at this time of year. And you often see an advert when it comes to talking about pets being given at Christmas time. And it's really giving us a warning when they say a dog is for life, not just for Christmas. Maybe you've heard that said before. A dog is for life, not just for Christmas. Because a dog or any pet can be exciting when you first receive it. And it can give you great joy. But then as the days and the weeks go past, maybe you're into January and February and raining outside, it's windy. Your parents are saying, well, you wanted a dog, you've got to take it out for a walk. And you're starting to get scunnered with this dog because of what he has, you have to do to look after him. And so there's this warning about having a pet, not just for a few days around Christmas, but for life. Well, the same is true when it comes to Jesus. We can so often enjoy the Christmas time and a few days around Christmas when 
everything's great and everything's wonderful. We get gifts. We get holidays. We're able to relax and enjoy good food. We have all of these things. But then as the days go past, the weeks go past, what happens to the presents? They soon get forgotten about. They get put to one side. The food is all gone. You're back into work. You're back into school. All of these things. And we forget the main reason for this time of year. And for all time of year is to remember that God gave his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, not just for Christmas, but for life. And for all our days, that's the reason he gave him. It's not just about the child in the manger that we so often see. It's about the child who grew. Who grew into his teenage years. Who grew into a man and who served his father all his days. And ultimately who gave his life for all his people. Imagine if all the people remembered about you was your birth. And that was it. Imagine if that was all that you ever heard from people for the rest of your days. Nobody remembered you growing up. Nobody remembered your first birthday. No one remembered you becoming a teenager. No one remembered you passing your exams or passing your driving test. No one sent you a card on your 21st birthday. No one got in touch when you turned 40, 70, 80, 90, even 100. It all went quiet. Nobody was in touch. Imagine if you were just forgotten about. It would be quite sad, wouldn't it? Well, imagine if all we think of Jesus is it's great he was born because it gives us a holiday time. It gives us a time for presence and to enjoy lots of food. We make the most of these things. We enjoy these things. And there's nothing wrong with them in and of themselves. But today, there's a warning for us too, not to forget the Savior who was born and the promise of a Savior. And so we're going to look at three stages of the life of Jesus together today. We're going to look at his birth, we're going to look at his childhood, and then we're going to look at his ministry when he was older. And we're going to see the reason why God sent his son into this world. Our first reading is then in Luke's gospel. All our readings are going to be in Luke's gospel, but scattered throughout the gospel of Luke. And our first reading is in Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read at verse 8. Luke chapter 2 and at verse 8. We're going to read from verse 8 to 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, 
glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is perhaps maybe one of the most commonly read passages at Christmas time when we read here of the shepherds who were told this great news of a Savior born for this world. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And just think of these words, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's a time of year when you maybe hear many Christmas carols being sung. You've probably maybe sung some yourselves over the last number of weeks. And maybe you've got your own favorite Christmas carol that you like to hear or sing along to more than once or twice a day. And so many of these carols, they tell us the story of the birth of Jesus. But they remind us too who he really is. If you think of a cow such as Away in a Manger, it speaks about the little Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. Hark the herald, angels sing, glory to the newborn King. There's all these words that are put in there that remind us who this Jesus is. He is Lord, he is King, and he has come, as one of them goes on to say, peace, peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. The purpose for which God sent his son into this world, that God and sinners be reconciled, that be brought back together. So we have all these words that come together. And it's the words that we have here. A saviour who is Christ, who is Lord. It brings the message of the gospel to us. This is what we read in these verses before us. But it's a time of year too, and even throughout the year we see it more and more, when people try to, to come away from the message of the gospel. And even at this time of year, they're trying to change even what this time of year is called. So instead of calling it Christmas time, it's called the Fest of Season, or the Winter Fest. People are trying to change the name of it to take it away from being more Christian. And a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, in London, there was a primary school head teacher that wanted to change the words in some of the carols in case they caused offence. Little Lord Jesus was to be changed to baby boy Jesus in a way in a manger. Jesus our Saviour was to be changed to Jesus the baby in another one. The new king born today was to be changed to a baby born today. And you see what they're trying to do? Little by little, just taking out the important words describing who Jesus is. Christ, Lord, Savior, all of these words being taken away. But there was one mother who stood up to this. And she said, you cannot start changing these words. If he was just a baby boy named Jesus, there wouldn't be this time of year in the first place. He is our Lord and Savior. He is King of Kings. And that is the whole point. But people are becoming more and more afraid of offending people. 
of causing offense towards people. So they want to try and change these names so subtly. But the gospel is so much more than just a baby boy or a little baby Jesus. For we read here, he is Christ the Lord. This baby in the manger was more than just that. He is Christ the Lord. And as you read of the shepherds here, they were afraid when they saw this host of angels appear. They were in the field keeping watch over their flock. And the angel appeared with this good news to them. And they were afraid. But the angel said, fear not. Fear not. The angel speaks to them and he shares this message to them. A message that people have been waiting thousands of years to hear. And here the shepherds hear this wonderful news. The angel tells them that the hope of the world has come. Imagine, I'm sure many of you have been counting down the days to Christmas. Many of you maybe had an advent calendar, eating the sweets one by one each day. Did any of you go ahead a few days? One chocolate for that day just wasn't enough. So what's the harm? I'll take tomorrow's as well. Maybe even the day after too. And you end up, you almost eat the whole advent calendar in one sitting. You don't have patience. Well, the angels are here speaking about a people who are waiting for a Savior. Not just for a few days, or even a few years, or even a few hundred years, but for thousands of years, the Bible was telling them that a Savior was to come. And here are the shepherds hearing this good news. He has come. And who is it? It is the Son of God. What a promise we have in this child who was born. He is Christ the Lord. As someone once said, a thousand times in history, a baby has become a king. But only once in history did a king become a baby. But this baby was Christ the Lord. And what a wonderful promise we have that Christ came into this world. He was born into this world, Christ the Lord. But before we go on to our next part, we're going to sing another psalm to God's praise. We're going to sing Psalm 62. It's in the Scottish Psalter, page 294. Psalm 62 on page 294. We're going to sing verse 5 to verse 8. And again, this psalm reminds us at verse 5 of waiting upon the Lord, but knowing the hope that he gives. My soul wait thou with patience upon thy God alone. On him dependeth all my hope and expectation. We'll sing from verse 5 to verse 8 to God's praise.
We're going to read another part of Luke's gospel, and still in chapter 2, but just jumping forward a few verses down to verse 41. Luke's gospel, chapter 2, and at verse 41. And as we continue to read here, we see that now Jesus is a little older. He's 12 years old, as we read here in this passage. So we're going to read from verse 41 down to verse 52. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. When the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. He said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and man. Well, children, have you ever been in a situation, and maybe even the adults, you can look back in your life and you think of this, you ever been in a situation where you got a row from your parents for making a mess, only for them to realize that you were making something special for them, and their tune has to change a little bit. For example, maybe your parents have walked into the kitchen and what meets them as they walk into the kitchen is flour absolutely everywhere. Eggs broken on the floor. Milk dripping off the worktops. And they're about to lose the plot and start shouting when all of a sudden you bring out a nice cake. I've made this for you. And you have to sort of backtrack a little bit. They've been making something special. Okay, there's been mess involved in it, but they were making something special. Well, as we read on in the, the life of Jesus here, this part we've read in the Gospel of Luke is such a special passage for us. It's the only account we have of Jesus in between being born and beginning his public ministry. He began his, his ministry, as it were, at the age of about 30. But here he is at the age of 12. And what is he doing? Well, we are told here that he is about his father's business, that he must be in the father's house. But it seems at first, as it were, that Jesus is being a bad boy. 
they've come to Jerusalem for the Passover. They would do this every year. But as they are making their way back from Jerusalem, going back to their home, there will be a big crowd of them. And the parents, Jesus' parents, are walking along with this crowd and they think that Jesus is there with them among the crowd, playing with the other children maybe. But after a, a day's travel, so they've gone a fair distance, they realize that he's not there. And so they go back to Jerusalem and they're hunting for him. And they're trying to find him and it's taking them days to find him. And you can imagine the worry. Any child who's missing a parent is going to be anxious, wondering where they are, afraid of what might have happened about, about uh, to him. It says, after three days, in verse 46, they found him in the temple. And you can sense that they're frustrated and there's a sense of anger. Although they were amazed at what they saw too. It says in verse 46, when his parents saw them, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Why have you done this to us? We've been so worried about you. We've been hunting for you. But when they find him, in the midst of wanting to rebuke him, Jesus turns to them and says something wonderful, something special. He says, I must be in my father's house. Or, I must be about my father's business, is another translation of that. He is no ordinary child. He is the son of God who is growing in wisdom and knowledge and stature. And that is the wonder of what he says to them. Here, I must be about my father's business. At this point, we read too that the parents, they didn't fully understand in verse 50. They didn't did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And it's almost like Luke is putting up a sign for us here. He's saying, stop. Stop everything that you're doing. Wait a moment and just listen to what I have to say to you. So in the midst of everything that we're seeing around us just now, when you're seeing flashing lights everywhere and signs up everywhere around us, there's this sign for us too where the gospel is saying to us, stop. Just stop where you are. Do you really understand what this is all about? Do you really understand what this life, what this world is all about? Constantly rushing around and looking for answers for this, that, and the next thing. The gospel is saying, stop. Stop and just listen for a moment. And isn't it good for us to be able today just to stop? To come here and just sit for a few moments, worship God together. Or to tune in online and hear the gospel proclaimed, just to stop for a moment. And to think to ourselves today, do we understand what we're doing? Do we fully appreciate what we have in the person of Jesus Christ? Do we realize why he came? It's more than just the birth of a child. This is the Son of God about his Father's business. And so today, Stop often. Stop regular today, 
tomorrow and every day and just think about what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. Here we are taught why he came. We are taught he came to be about the Father's business, to do all that the Father had sent him for into this world, to live, to teach, to show himself for who he is, the Son of God, but ultimately to give himself. So stop today. Stop often. Even as you go home today, or as you have your Christmas meal, whether it's today or tomorrow, whenever you have it together, as you offer up thanks, stop. Stop and think about all we have to be thankful for. As you open your gifts, your presents today, stop. Stop for a moment and think. Why do we have all this? What's the greatest gift that we have that God sent his son into this world? And give thanks to him that he speaks to us and he teaches us that he was about the father's business. That he came into this world for sinners such as we are. So stop. Stop and remember what God has done for us through his son born who grew up as a child in this world and at 12 years old seemed to cause his parents so much distress but actually he told them something wonderful he showed them something wonderful he said I am here to be about my father's business well our final reading is further on in the gospel of Luke in Luke chapter 19 And this reading just reminds us what the Father's business is. Luke chapter 19 and at verse 1. We read down to verse 10. Jesus, he entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We jump forward now a number of years in the life of Jesus to when he was about 33 years old. This is not long before he went to the cross. And we read that in Luke's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 23, that when Jesus began his public ministry, as it were, going around the people, and we we start to hear about his ministry, 
He was about the age of 30. And he ministered in this world for three years before the crucifixion. And here he is, and he meets a man called Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was someone who, as we read here, was a man who would have pretty much everything that he needed or wanted in life. He was rich. He was feared by many. He had power and authority. But what we see of, of Zacchaeus here is that there was something missing. He knew that there was something missing. And today, in all that we get, and maybe we receive many different things in these days, and we think we're so blessed, we're so fortunate, and we are in so many ways. But do we still think, well, there's still something missing? There's still something I am needing. Well, here in this passage, we are being told what it is. We see here the very reason why Jesus came into this world, why he was born into this world. The child who we so often reflect on at this time of year, who grew into a boy who was about his father's business, who became a man to fulfill all the promises of Scripture. It says in verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. It's sometimes said of people, they were born for that. You can see it in so many different parts of life. Some people are said of, they're said of them, they're just a born leader. They have that gift, just born to lead. Others are just born for maybe a certain sport. It's said they were just born to do that, whether it's play football or any other sport. Others, it's said they were just born to sing. Others, born to care, born to teach. We're born to do many different things. But why was Jesus born? Why did Jesus come into this world? Well, we're told there in verse 10. Jesus, the Son of Man, came into this world to seek and to save the lost. And Zacchaeus was one such person. He was lost. In many ways, he maybe had so much in this life, and yet at the same time, he was lost. There was something missing in his life. But the more he heard about Jesus, the more he wanted to see this man. And it wasn't to come and see the child born in the manger, but it was to come and see the Son of God fulfilling all the promises for which God had sent him into this world, to be a saviour of this world, to fulfil those words that we read before in the Gospel of Luke, when the birth of Jesus is told, and the angel appeared and said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour, who is Christ the Lord, for all people for all who will hear, for all who will seek, for all who will come to him, he is a saviour. And so here in this later passage in Luke, we're reminded through Zacchaeus the reason why he came, to seek and to save the lost. 
His appointment was the case, was planned by God. This would be the moment when Jesus would call him down and say, salvation has come to this household today. And the wonder of the gospel is that today is an appointment for us all to come and hear this good news once again. And of all the gifts you receive today or in these days, the greatest gift is the offer of the gospel. To come and see this Christ, the Son of Man, who came to seek and to save the lost. I'm sure many of you, young ones maybe especially, and older ones I'm sure too, you had your Christmas list. The things that you wanted to receive at this time. There'll be all kinds of things on that list. And maybe you've ticked them off. Maybe you've got them all. But maybe you still think, there's still something missing. And in your life, you'll go on maybe thinking, no matter what you get, the gifts of this world, you're still thinking, there's still something missing. Maybe you're growing old now yourself. 30s, 40s, 50s, 70s, 90s. And you're still thinking, there's still something missing. What is it? It's Christ. Because if you don't have him, there's still something missing and always will be. But the good news of the gospel is that God sent his son into this world. Born as a child, as the savior of the world. Grew as a child as a child about his father's business. And as we see as a man, the father's business was to seek and to save the lost. And he saved through his death. He was born to die. That's the reason why Jesus was born into this world. To die and give his life that we might live. So today... May we be blessed by the gospel. May we hear his words and see that he has come to seek and to save the lost. And may we know salvation coming to our households today through the power of his gospel. May God bless his word to us. Let us just join our, head, our hearts in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we rejoice in the good news offered to all people, to hear those great words that unto you is born this day a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And may we come to know Christ as our Lord, even as Zacchaeus came to know it for himself, that power of salvation that came to his house and to his heart. We pray, Lord, that you will bless us by your presence today and bless us in our seeking of you, that our eyes will be filled with the glory of God in seeing Jesus Christ. Lord, that one thing missing, may we receive it and receive it joyfully. So guide us and help as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to conclude our time by singing again to God's praise. Psalm 40, but in the Sing Psalms, Psalm 40, in the Sing Psalms at verse 13. Page 51 of the Psalm books. 
Psalm 40 at verse 13. Be pleased, O Lord, to rescue me. O Lord, come quickly to my aid. May all who seek to take my life with shame and turmoil be repaid. Verse 17, yet I am poor and in great need. Lord, think on me, I humbly pray. You are my saviour and my help. Come, O my God, do not delay. We'll sing these four verses to God's praise. After the benediction, I'll go to the main door. Now may grace, mercy, and peace from God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon and abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen.